Thank you. What a blessing. Hey, Lindsay, come on up and share God's word. And I know as you're coming up, your husband, George, is going to be taking over uh, for Donna and running a, a little slide and video show. So please. <laughs> it's our song. No, I never felt like this before. Yes, I swear. It's the truth. And I hope it Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There are thousands of ways into the complex healthcare system. I'm right. And United Healthcare has ways to make the system simpler, like virtual doctor visits. What happened here? <laughs> what you missed at the end there, she says, I came in a little hot. <laughs> and um, that actually gets you a great invitation and introduction to me that um, if you know me at all or even a little bit, sometimes I come in a little hot. Um, so buckle up this morning um, because I can tell you wholeheartedly um, that I am a changed person. That when Jesus came into my life at 18, uh, my first semester of college, I had no idea what that meant or where that was leading. And that song that was just washed over us, that he is making all things new. And that redemption is calling. <laughs> I was just like holding back the weeping. Um, because that is true. Redemption is calling us every day, and God is making us new, and I stand before you as a new creation and one that is continually being renewed. Praise the Lord Jesus every moment and every hour and every day. Amen? And that is the truth of who we are. So don't worry, I don't plan on doing any sort of crowd surfing uh, this morning, but I do get a little excited about things, and I am here to testify to what God has done and what God is doing and in ways to be bold enough to say what is yet to come because the kingdom is here and the kingdom is near. Um, and this is actually a picture of my husband and I. He is a glorious man in the back on the computer. He flew with me from Pasadena, California. Um, he's the love of my life and my partner in ministry and he's just one example of God's extreme blessing in my life. Um, so just as we get ready today to receive the word, just like we worshiped and we opened our hearts, I'm gonna ask you to do something a little bit silly and actually stand up with me for a minute. See, the, I ran cross-country and track in high school and played basketball, and they always tell you to stretch, right, to warm up before you get ready to do something, so I feel like we need to stretch it out a little bit, you know, a little side to side. Yep, you can scratch somebody's back if you know them next to you, don't maybe not stretch their in your, you know, do a little bit of this. You're just going to warm up, move your arms around a little bit, and then go a little bit backwards, and then just open up your hands so we can receive Receive what God has for us this morning. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we pray that you would give us the eyes to see your world as you see it. God, we dare to pray the prayer that you would break our hearts with what breaks yours. And this morning, Lord, would you just speak powerfully into us? Would you be in this space? Would we be able to marinate in your spirit that we could be of one heart and one mind, Lord, and that you would empty us of all but your love? In Jesus' name, amen. 
So as you guys are sitting, if you'd like to, you can uh, turn on your Bible or open it up to Matthew 22. And we're going to sit in the Great Commandment, which I know is very familiar to all of us, but it's one of those things that no matter how many times you look at it or how many times you read in it, it just sits in you differently. And as you open to Matthew 25 or Matthew 22, um, I want to shoot straight with you that I've had um, my fair share of joy in my life. I mean, I have amazing parents um, that have been together since 1968. Praise the Lord. And I have two incredible brothers. I maybe wouldn't have said that when I was younger, but they are great <laughs> brothers. And I have been surrounded by love and opportunity and support my entire life. But on the other side of that coin, I have had deep moments of tragedy. Some of you might be sitting in, in more of that moment today. Some of you may be in that love, but that tragedy, as I went through it, I couldn't understand. And I really did not know how I was over, going to overcome it. And in those darkest hours, when I was literally laying in a bed and saying, Jesus, I've got nothing left, I could hear him say, I got you. Is anybody with me on that? See, it's occurred to me, and we see it here in Matthew 22. So if you open that, open that up and you just sit in that for a minute, we're not going to read it word for word, but it occurs to me, and this is going to sound a little ridiculous, that God is so smart. <laughs> right? I mean, if you look at this passage right here, the expert of the law, literally a lawyer, someone who's devoted his life to the law, is trying to corner Jesus. And we see this time and time again, right? And this expert of the law is asking the question. We all know it. What's the question? What is the greatest commandment, right? What is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus says, love, right? We say it, yes. Love the Lord our God with all our, with all of our, yep. Uh-huh. Boom. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. See, what this is again is what's, what's boggling me as I'm sitting in this verse is that we can't forget that Jesus took on flesh and stepped into our conflict and into our heartbreak. That he was literally and still is right now in this moment grieving over the souls and the children that were lost in Florida. That he can't handle that pain, that God grieves with us, and that I really truly believe that Jesus knows the depths of our heartache and our tragedy, and he knows the sting and the darkness of our sin is just too bearable, too bearable for any of us to individually handle. So he designs us, he created us, and then commands us to love, to step into one another's trials and actually carry one another's burdens. But there we go, right? From Matthew 22, it's like a hot train all the way through the end of the chapter to Matthew 28 that Jesus is not putting on the brakes, but he takes that commandment. And where does he go with it? He literally comes back from the dead and he reminds his disciples of this commandment by saying, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And get this, because I just sit right in the go to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But he says, so, dot, dot, dot. So, so Why? So that you can make disciples of all mankind so that they can love. Love the Lord they've got with all that they've got, right? So when the heartache strikes, 
the tribe is ready. And when the good joy flows, right, the party can be rocking. We don't sit in the joy and celebrate life as much as we should together, just as much as we need to sit in that tragedy. And Jesus literally, in verse 40, check this out, says that all of the law and the prophets, guys, as the, as the church, we argue about a lot of things. And Jesus is laying it out right here. All of the law and all of history and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. These two. So if you're worried about this, that, and the other today, brush it off and embrace the goodness that this is what it is. This is the singularity, the one role, the new commandment that we need to be seeing everything through. This is the lens, right? And this is what is wrecking me right now is that Jesus is not asking us to become a member of a church, but inviting us to be a follower of a living God that is right here in our midst, amen? Amen. Yes, a God that comes out of heaven to be with us in the person of Jesus. And then Jesus breaks out of the temple into the brokenness of the world. He doesn't just break out of the temple to throw a party and to go be with the rich people and live this easy life, but literally, he breaks out of the temple to bring the love of God into a broken world. And the great commandment shows us, and this is a hard truth, but an important one, that we are not just to be in love with Jesus. But as we receive that love, we are to go be that love, overflowing into the world. Because scripture tells us, right, without it, we are nothing. Guys, this is one of my closest friends from college, Sarah. And yes, that is a picture from college of of Sarah and I celebrating, I think, her 21st birthday, actually. But Sarah literally lived across the hall from me my freshman year of college and helped me, like, helped lead me to Christ. She was a golfer, national caliber golfer. She can, like, shoot a sub-80 in her sleep. Amazing. Um, and literally, she used to say, hey, if you take me out to jog, then I'll talk, tell, tell you about Jesus. So it was like this trade-off. And you remember, like, if you look at Sarah, Sarah's actually well over 300 pounds. And way post-college, Sarah called me and asked me to run a half marathon with her. And I had a two-letter answer for Sarah. (laughs) N-O. Not going to happen. And literally, she told me that Ryan, her fiancé, who had a wedding date, they had moved in, they had bought a house, and she found out that he was cheating on her. And her life was in shambles. And she said, Lindsay, I need a friend and a goal to get out of bed in the morning, and I choose you. So my no became yes. And I never thought that that yes, friends, through that, that, that trial, me stepping into that burden would lead me here today. We never know what our guesses to Jesus actually are going to be. We can only say yes in that moment and let the Spirit lead us. But that yes led me to a finish line of a half marathon, led me the round side of a, running around the far side of the Rose Bowl after a junior high winter camp and extreme exhaustion, praying in a whole new way as I was trying to get in 10 miles before this run. 
and I could feel the spirit lift me up as I rounded the far side of the Rose Bowl. And guys, I have an awful back. My pelvis shifts, my, my sacrum shifts, and literally I've been on bed rest multiple times. At 25, I felt like I was 92 and couldn't put oxygen into my lungs because of my back. I never thought I would run again. And Sarah inviting me in led me to this moment around the far side of the Rose Bowl that I literally felt like I was on clouds and I could hear Jesus say, I'm not done with you yet. And today I say, what has God not done with you yet? What is that thing? Because my yes, who would have thought would bring me here today? And with that into Team World Vision, check out this video. In 2006, one man heard a divine whisper that he could help the most vulnerable kids in the world by running marathons. So he said yes. He felt God ask him to invite others into the same vision, so he did. Many people felt scared of the unknown. Fear prevailed, and they said no. But many people pushed through that fear, and they said yes. The first year, a hundred people said yes. The next year, 400 said yes then 1,000, then 2,000. As people said yes to new challenges and to changing the lives of kids and communities in Africa, their own lives started to change in drastic ways. I started this year, this is my first year. I have only been out of a wheelchair for two years now. In the beginning I was like, mm, my knees, I got too much weight, mm, hold on. But I stuck with it. And I just went all in. I thought, I'm 55, why not? Bev did it at 60, I'll do it at 55. <laughs> this has really brought me back, helped me recommit my life to the Lord, but uh, also to those less fortunate. And plus the goal of like bringing clean water, that, like that's beautiful. So I was like, this is something I really want to do. We really did a lot of training, just the two of us. And it was just such a bonding moment of yeah. that, that time when you, your, your strength is faltering and the person next to you carries you through it. Well, I've lost 75 pounds through this. And I couldn't imagine my seven-year-old having to go run and get water for our family. So that keeps me motivated and focused. I plan on running a marathon every single year until I die. Whoa! We'll see how that happens or how that goes. Over the last 10 years, over 25,000 people have joined Team World Vision and they just keep saying that magic word, yes. Every one of those yeses also represents kids in Africa who get to say yes to life, yes to health, yes to an education, yes to hope. Hundreds of thousands of kids. Every movement, every revival, every revolution in the history of mankind has begun because someone said yes. They are yes people. We are yes people. You are one too. As long as there are children in this world without clean water, we will continue saying yes. Yes. You have said yes. With tears brimming in my eyes, your yeses have changed lives forever, for generations to come, for people we will never meet. The fact that you've had the courage to move your feet to, to walk again after running. Pastor Dick's run marathons. You guys know that, right? It's a, a long time ago. But here's the thing is that a lot of people say that part of my life is done or I can't run anymore, so that's not going to happen anymore. And Pastor Dick said, no, I can walk and I can move forward and I can keep going. That's just one of the yeses. And then on the other side of the spectrum, look at Sydney crushing it. 
You guys are a family of yes. Every one of your yeses in your lives have brought Christ alive more and more in this place. Yes, when you have said that yes, it represents kids in Africa who get to say yes to life, yes to health, yes to education, yes to hope. Hundreds of thousands of kids. And when we continually say yes, did you hear that in the video? To the whisper. We say yes to personal transformation and what God wants to do in our lives and yes to hope and life for kids. But my question to you is, do you know the power of your yes? Do you believe in the power of your yes? See, John 14, right? Jesus breaks the bread and he washes, washes his disciples' feet and they're up in the upper room and things are about to get crazy and he knows he's going to the cross. And he says, I'm going to leave, but the Holy Spirit's going to come. And through the power of that Holy Spirit, you, friends, me and you, get to do even greater things than I have done. That's what Jesus tells his boys. And to them, to us, that with the power of the Holy Spirit, do we believe in our yes and what we can do in this world and what God has called us to do? Because this is what you guys have done. Faith Covenant, in three years, you guys have raised over $38,000 to provide 769 people sustainable clean water for the rest of their lives. Woo! Yes! Yes! That means no more six to eight hours a day of walking, no more subject, subjection to abuse and rape and, and, and abduction while kids are walking for water. No more. No more of those things. That is your yes, and each year your yes is getting stronger. But can I show you what's actually on the other side of your yes? May I? This is Jane Kipsong. And in 1985, as a young girl, Jane started walking for water. And this is her story. 10 to 12 hours a day, seven days a week, walking and praying. And the verse that she hung, hung on to all of those years as she would walk was that with all things, with God, all things are possible. And she said that she prayed, that, prayed this prayer as she walked. Lord, make it easier for my family and my community. Make it easier to have clean water. Please bring this clean water closer and let my people be healthy. You see, my really good friend Christine, just a few years back, got to meet Jane face to face in 2015. And this is Christine telling me her story right after she stepped off the plane through the phone, tears streaming down her face. Christine said, Lindsay, after four days, four days after giving birth, Jane strapped her newborn to her chest and a barrel to her back and continued her walk. Ten hours that day she walked, Lindsay. I can't imagine what her scars looked like where they cut in from the weight of the barrel. My eyes filled with tears, Christine said, when she described the chronic backache that she has still to this day. And I couldn't bear to look her in the eye when she began to talk about what it was like for her, to, for her to watch her own children suffer from cholera and dysentery and what it was like to lose one of her children from that water that she brought home. 
You see, the heartache, when it strikes, Jesus knows the pain is all too much to bear, and he calls the tribe, and the tribe's got to be ready, right? Amen? And this is the tribe in, 27, in, in 2012, guys. Jane's world changed and her prayers were answered because of men and women like you and me. World Vision came into that community and has provided sustainable, clean water for generations to come. And check this out. This is Jane talking to people throughout her community, one of our vision, vision leaders. She is now not just a mother, but a powerhouse leader in her community. Not just a mother to her own children, but to the children of the community. And she reminds them of the truth of who they are in Christ. Jane is a story of hope. And Christine made a promise that day when she met Jane that she would continue to say yes because she realized there are too many other Janes out there. And what's nuts is Jane is explaining a giant water pan and the arid soil and the difficulty of water. She promised our group that she would do better. She kept on saying, I'm going to do better. We are going to do better. Because the reality is, friends, there are still millions of other women and children who are doing this walk every day and praying for you and for me to say yes. See, Matthew 25, if we read it together, you can follow along. Jesus is saying, come. And remember, this was Matthew 22 was the great commandment. And we're looking towards the great commission. And right in the middle in Matthew 25, Jesus says, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did I see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did I see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Friends, I think a lot of times when we read this passage, we focus on the least of these, that we want to go serve the least of these. But I think what Jesus is telling us is that these are our brothers and sisters and that together we're a family and that together we're strong and together we can. Brothers and sisters of mine because Jesus knows the depths of our heartache and tragedy and he knows the sting and the darkness is too unbearable. So the good news, friends, embrace this good news that we're designed, we are made to love and we're commanded to love and that we can go out into the streets, 340 strong last year, in the name of Jesus, in these bright orange jerseys, on a Sunday morning, to not just go to church, but go be the church. For not just the least of these, but for all of these. See, love the Lord your God with all you've got, and others just the same, so that when the heartache strikes, the tribe is ready. And when the joy flows, you know you are bringing the party through the streets. And it is rocking. Because the world is hungry for the good news of Jesus. And there's no such thing as other people's children. 
We are all God's children. We are brothers and sisters, and we will go farther together. Amen? So here it is. Right after the service, right out in the Fellowship Hall, Danny and I are going to be down, and we're going to have a meeting, and we're going to talk about moving our feet. And you can run if you want to run, and you can walk if you want to walk. And some of us walk. We do this walk-jog thing, but we get it done together. And our training plan is aimed at a 50- to 60-year-old couch potato. And come June 10th, we're going to take to the streets with the good news of Jesus and let it overflow into the world. So hear this, these words to the Ephesians. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine, according to his power already at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.